The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the show as we come to you almost live from FetishCon 2022. It was an amazing event for your humble host, getting to meet so many of the people that have been a part of this show. And I got to meet some new friends as well, and that's what this edition of our program is all about. I had an opportunity to meet people who were vendors, podcasters, fetish models, dominatrices, performers, and just everyday people who have the passion for what we do. We'll start today with Autumn Bodell, who is traveling the country in a very unique way. I first met Autumn when I was quite literally looking up to her, and she became my friend. What a blessing that was. Let's meet Autumn Bodell on what women and other wonderful humans want. Autumn Bodell, I first met you when I was looking up at you because you were about six foot six, six foot two. I was still looking up you, still wearing flats at six four. You are a wonderful energy when you walk around the room here at FETCON. Tell me what brought you to all this. Um, in the early 2000s, I was dancing and uh, a friend of mine was uh, an adult star and uh, she had a foot job shoot to go do and she didn't feel like going. So she asked me if I wanted to do it and I was like, oh yeah, how hard could it be? Whatever. I could go jerk someone off with my feet. Not that easy. I'll tell you. <laughs> you use muscles that you never knew you had. Um, and then after that, it was, you know, another foot job or a foot worship. And then then I did desperation for Bound to Burst. Um, and I slowly but surely started getting more work doing different kinds of content. And 18 years later, here I am. <laughs> I was this tall back then, though, too. I just want to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you've told me what you do. Mm -hmm. What fuels your passion? What do you mean? Like what? Like what's my my personal? Fetishes? What is your joy for doing it? Ah, uh, oh wow, that's a good question. Um, I 
I like the interaction. I like um, I like the um, the communication and the way like a producer and model get along. I like the um, the way different models. It's kind of like our own little community and. I love the community. It's like the thing that keeps me in it, you know? I do a bunch of different fetishes, some I enjoy and some that I, you know, I do because I'm friends with the producer. Um, over the years, there's some producers that I'm, I love, but I just can't work with them anymore because I'm getting older. I don't do as much as I used to. But um, I guess uh, I'm, as a Dom type personality, I'm also a pleaser. I'm also that sub, you know? So. I try to, you know, just do as much as I can and see if I like it. And I won't do something that I haven't done to myself yet. So um, I guess like the pleaser in me keeps me going. You know, that's the that's my fetish. You know, I want to I want to make people happy. Is there something that the present you would have told the younger you when you were getting started? No, I love everything I've done. Yeah, I, um, you know, some people when I first started, they told me to just, you know, stick with tickling or stick with feet and just do, you know, specialize in one certain thing. But uh, for some people, that's good. For me, I really liked the, the well-balanced, you know, doing a little bit of everything and finding out what you do and what you don't like. Um, I pushed myself a lot harder when I was younger than I do now. Um, and I'm glad that I did that um, because I got to experience everything then. I probably wouldn't push myself or like try a bunch of different things as I'm not as crazy and daredevilish as I you know used to be. So um, I like the route that I've taken. I think I've done everything the way I want. So that's what the important thing is. The beautiful thing about FetishCon is the community mm -hmm. and is the fact that I walked in here and I maybe knew four or five people. Now I feel like I'm just at in home. this at home. Yeah. You were one of the people that made me feel that just simply by talking to me. And as we were going through the, the different ballrooms and, and <laughs> it's like, oh, All the there she is. Yeah. Absolutely. What is your feeling when you walk in here and realize that you're part of a community that the outside world doesn't understand, but people who are here really have a passion for it? Um, it's a comfort. It's uh, it's you don't have to feel anxious. You know, when I'm when I'm out at like another job, I do a lot of different types of work. So when I'm at like just say a day job, um, there's always that part of you where you're just like, oh, they don't get me. You know, like, oh, you know, like you kind of just roll with the punches, you know, but here you're just like, I can act as crazy as I want, you know, <laughs> like, I, you know, I've, it's literally like being with your family, you know, it's, uh, there's no strangers, even though I barely know you, I met you, you know, during this event, but it's like, now it's, we're friends, we're family, you know, there's, there's an openness, there's a connection, there's a similarity. I'm always fascinated by this question and a lot of models when I've talked to them seem to take, have different reactions to it. Okay. Uh -oh. How much of the t-shirt and blue jeans you is like the high heels and fetish wear you? All right. So if you were to catch me at home, I would totally be in sweatpants and a tank top, you know, <laughs> like 
I mean, this obviously makes me feel sexy and, you know, being six foot two with heels on is obviously um, a good feeling, you know. Uh, but if you could give me sweatpants and a t-shirt, that I'd, I would totally rock it here. You know, I would just run around. I, I, I'm not really that dressed up. The latex, you just feel sexy in latex, you know. Um, definitely a fetish of mine. Um, I'm, I'm the same way, even at my quote-unquote day jobs, I'm still a clown. I'm still the same person, you know. Sometimes I try not, it, it, I have to, like, not be like, oh, so this is what I do for fun, you know. Um, but I am like this all the time. I don't change. I don't do, um, I definitely get into work mode, you know. Um, there is a difference, you know, like when you have to, like, put yourself on, on, so to say. But, uh, yeah, I'm like this all the time. <laughs> Your home base is wherever you are. The United States, yes. Like, right now, who knows, maybe I will go overseas at one point. You never know with me, but... Yeah, I um I got an RV in uh, April and July 9th I went on the road. I'm usually like my home is New Jersey, but um I will be in every state across the country. Uh, hopefully by the end of I'm gonna say October, but then I'm gonna stay on the road because that's a horrible time to go back to New Jersey in an RV. You know you don't want to be cold. So I'm gonna probably spend some time in the southern states, Florida. Arizona. I have some friends in San Diego I might go visit. So, yeah, I'll be all over the country. Is there one place you're curious about going? I'm really excited about Montana, and it's not, like, work-related. I would love if people... I'm going to go on uh, Session Girls and post my travel dates and stuff like that, but um, I don't know how many people in Montana are are gonna be looking for me, but I'm really looking forward to just looking at the open sky and hanging out in the mountains and getting all zen and peaceful and relaxing and enjoying downtime, even if I'm not working, so. So how do people reach you or follow you even though Instagram hates you? Oh God, uh, well, all right, so my website is autumnbodell.com, easy peasy. Um, my email is autumnbodell.com. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have an email on it, so. Um, but Twitter is Autumn Bodell, PetLife, Autumn Bodell, Facebook, I'm not really on too much. Mm -hmm. All of it's either Autumn Bodell or the Devil's Kinky Rejects, one, two, three, I don't know which one I'm up to by now. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the two, the two ways to find me. Well, thank you for finding me during FetishCon. Uh, we're tall people, so no matter what, we'll see each other over everyone's head all day. <laughs> Autumn Smile helped power me all the way through FetishCon 2022. She is a delightful woman, and I appreciated her hugs, too. She'll be somebody I definitely keep in touch with. At the Super Heroine Showdown, there was a woman by the name of Calissa Bliss who had the character of Storm down pat. Her portrayal of Storm in the Super Heroine Showdown was going up against some absolute famous people like Kendra James's Batwoman, Lorelai's Batgirl, and supervillain April Hunter in an event hosted by the amazing Diana Knight. Superheroine Showdown, one of the highlights of my fetish con, and meeting Calissa Bliss is another highlight. Let's talk with a woman who portrayed Storm 
on what women and other wonderful humans want. Superheroine Showdown has just finished up and our guest is Calissa Bliss, who got to play Storm. Calissa, I've seen you all around FETCON. You obviously are enjoying the heck out of yourself. What brought you here? Um, honestly, so I've been in the industry for about a year, but I'd been in the industry for about six months until somebody told me about FetishCon, and I just felt that it was a big opportunity and that I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so that kind of brought me here. Uh, I scheduled some shoots, but I'm mostly just trying to be kinky and go around and have some fun, you know, discover the side of me that I didn't know existed until a year ago, that kind of thing. So how did you discover that side? What brought it on? Well, I started in OnlyFans and I was living a very vanilla life. And then somebody asked me to put a piece of tape on my face and I did it. And I'll be honest, at first, I saw the money and was like, all right, I'm going to do this. But then as I started doing it more and trying out more gags and more ties and more different kinds of bondage and stuff, it was just like, oh, okay, this is fun. And now I'm doing spanking. Oh, one of my favorites is mummification. Like, I can just take a nap while mummified. I have before, so... Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of discovering that I love all of it. Just from putting a piece of tape on my mouth and deciding to do it. Did you ever have any indication growing up that that would be a thing? No. No. Um, I, I was insanely vanilla and innocent and, like, a virgin till the age of 19. So, like... I just had never really been a very sexual person, so I feel like my sexual awakening has come. And I'm, when I was 25, I, like that's how old I was, I was 25. That's a long time to just be vanilla and boring up until 25. So it's just all coming as a big, it's like a volcanic eruption now. They say if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Did you ever imagine that you could love something so much? Um. It's actually funny because I imagined myself being an actress. Um, I went to school for theater. I have a bachelor's degree in theater with a focus on acting. Uh, that's another big thing that got me into this. So living the life that I lived before where I was very bored sitting at a desk, that was work. And now I am doing what I love. And I'm doing it also with kinks and I'm just so thankful, and I'm so thankful for the fans and the people who like to see me here, and it's just, I don't know, I, it's unexplainable. You told me about the mummification, and when it comes to any sort of bondage, I love the fact that I get stuck in a moment I can't get out of. I always use that as my term. Describe to me what it feels for you and the moments that it brings to you. Um, it's So I guess each one for me is different. Um, I really do like damsel in distress. Um, so like when I'm tied up, I'm, I'm very method. So I get loud. I struggle really hard. I try to escape. I, I start using my head and figuring out 
ways to get out that I didn't necessarily plan in the beginning of the scene, like pulling my belt off and using it to break out of a, a, a hog tie or, or different things like that, using a high heel. So that just is like, it's got a lot, a lot of adrenaline and just like, a, I gotta do this, I gotta, I gotta win, I gotta beat this person that captured me. But then with mummification, it's almost like swaddling, like you can see my eyes glaze over and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is it. And I've actually fallen asleep in the middle of a scene while they were mummifying the other person. Um, so each, I feel like each form of bondage brings something different. You know, handcuffs are different. You've got the, the cold metal and everything and the, the noise, you know, certain tapes have a, a different sound to them and a smell. So it, it's a lot of different things, really. Where do you want to go from here? Everywhere. I want to go everywhere. Maybe I'll go to BoundCon at some point, and hopefully I'll do this until I'm decrepit and can't do it anymore. But you're just getting started. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. Tell us how folks can keep in contact with you. Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active socially. It's CalBPromo, C-A-L-B-Promo. Um, you can find all my links there. I do have clips for sale. Um, I do have OnlyFans, mini-vids. I want clips. So pretty much just go to my Twitter. And you can also just Google me. I've Googled myself before. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> also on that same stage was a series of performances all weekend long. You never knew what you were going to see, whether it was Jean Bardot holding an interview, or Anastasia Pierce presenting some new models from Clips for Sale, who were the presenting sponsor of the stage, as well as the presenting sponsor of FetishCon 2022. And as I walked in one day, I was just paying attention to what I was paying attention to. And I noticed that Jean Bardot, former guest on this show and good friend, and former guest Christina Carter, the legendary woman behind Oh Girl, Wonder Woman, and so many others, were up on stage helping a young lady come to a very, very happy, happy place. Little did I know I would become involved in that happiness. Because when Christina Carter says do something, you do it. You don't ask questions. Let's meet Molly, Mrs. Thickness, who shared a very, very intimate moment with me on what women and other wonderful humans want. Mrs. Thickness otherwise known as Molly, and I met in the most amazing of ways because when Jean Bardot and Christina Carter say, get up on stage, you do what they say to do. And I did that and met Molly in the most unique of ways. Would you like to take the story from there? Aggressively bound in some amazing rope tied to a chair that looked like a high heel. Um, coming on, what is that wand called? The Hitachi. The Hitachi magic wand. And Christina hands it over to you. And I was just like, what is this scene turning into? I'm on stage in front of at least 100 people. 
uh, shopping for fetish gear and I'm an exhibitionist in my personal life. I'm a musician and a singer in my personal life before I started doing porn. But that's the first stage porn performance I've ever done. And they said, who wants, they said, who wants to come up here? I just raised my hand as loud as I could and would later find out that that chunk of time was actually set aside for BBWs. So I'm coincidentally a BBW, it worked out perfectly for them. And I caught a genuine orgasm from your work with the Hitachi wand. So thank you. Listeners of this podcast will find that actually fascinating because in my role, when it comes to BDSM and fetish and kink, it's a very non-sexual thing. I love to be stuck in a moment I can't get out of. And with mind tricks and proper impact and little bits of torture in the right place, but not the privates. And here I am introduced to you, and it's about bringing you to an orgasm. But what is one of the first things I said to you when I stepped up on the stage? Do you remember? See, I was having such a good time, I actually don't remember. I said, do you know how beautiful you look right now? Oh, do you remember what I said? You went, yes, and you were in a beautiful space. But to me, I didn't know if that was going to get you in the right headspace. But for me, when you give somebody the confidence and the authenticity and the love in that way, you didn't know me from anybody. So what I wanted to be able to do is make you feel comfortable with me and make you feel good yourself. To me, that was almost as important as what I was doing with the Hitachi. Maybe not to you, but that's how the connection was built because I think without connection, you don't get to where you need to go. That's true for me across the board. Um, And I I actually said on stage that uh, I filmed a seven person orgy the other night and that was the first organic orgy or that was the first organic orgasm that I caught this week. And I think it's because I I got to zone in on that moment and find my subspace. And I actually, I do recall now that you said that you complimented me. That was such a nice addition to the moment because like you volunteer to get up on stage. It's It's a little formulaic in the beginning. You know, I'm talking to these two incredible doms about what I like and I say I I lean hardcore and I like to be roughed up and we didn't end up doing any of those things that we kind of agreed upon beforehand I agreed to be roped and then I got free and he had to rope me a lot tighter and then they brought out the Hitachi wand and they had they had mentioned uh maybe we'll do some vibrator play and then I think Christina goes are we allowed to do that and Jean goes, better to ask forgiveness than permission. <laughs> so I'm, I'm coming up on stage and professionals are, of the event are coming up behind us saying, you need to wrap it up now. And I was like, no, I'm coming. I'm coming right now. <laughs> so amazing. Um, I'm even losing my train of thought. I'm still, I'm still wrapped up in the energy from that scene. So let's take you back. You said you're a singer and you're a public speaker and you were a performer and you love being able to get out and be there for people. What was it about you that made you that way? I am a challenger 
and I love to challenge people with ideas and to get out of their comfort zone. Um, actually, I've, I've been at porn for the last three years now, filming high-quality amateur, and the last six months I've started to compile coaching information, um, and I, I've released a coaching program called the Explicit Bitches Sexting Masterclass. And I feel like this coaching program, it does reflect my real self. Normalize all language, normalize all fetishes, celebrate everybody for their ability to feel sensation and celebrate passion. Yeah. When you don't have passion, when you don't have connection, it's just another moment in time that can be fleeting. The true beautiful scenes are the ones that just stay with you. Exactly. You and Christina both brought that communication element that I really thrive on. I'm an exhibitionist, but in an exhibitionist setting, if my Dom isn't speaking to me, I'm not going to come for him um, or her or anyone. Um, I thrive on that connection and I, I seek it out too. You probably notice me talking a lot on stage and then Christina goes, oh, she's needy. She's too needy for me. I got that sinking feeling. I got that sinking feeling like I just want her to tell me to shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. So you do this singing and public speaking for others. You were not, in essence, performing on the stage, but you are—you were being performed. You were the object of it. Did that add any pressure, or did that just take you further into the wonderful space? That was possibly the most wondrous scene I've ever been a part of, because it was so spontaneous. I'm a very spontaneous person. I, I, I came to FETCON and said... I'm planning no scenes ahead of time. I'm just going to talk to everybody and meet as many people as I can. I filmed five scenes the first day that I was there. Today's my day off. And I just shot my hand up and found myself in the most amazing, relaxed, professional setting. But it really allowed me to slip into my true self and my pleasure, not my porn persona. Mm -hmm. Because my life, I've dedicated my life to singing and being an amazing communicator, an amazing, an amazing lead frontman, essentially. Um, and then, you know, COVID happened a few years ago and I thought, where, where do I take these talents? I'm not touring right now, I'm not teaching right now. So I thought I'd start doing porn. And I'm so glad that I did because um, now I'm reaching a point in my life where I can see the amalgamation of those talents. I am working towards getting into burlesque, um, collaborating with other musicians, especially in the porn industry. You know, like we're always chasing that porn, that BDSM anthem, you know. Uh, so those, those are my uh, plans for the future. A, a TikTok involving me singing sexy things while I do PG things. PG things on TikTok. Um, does that answer your question? What is it of your personality that led you to go the submissive path? I love knowing what makes people tick. And I love pleasing people. I love that as a submissive, I have 
the ability to communicate all of my needs. And if my dom has a genuine distaste for something that I do or say, I want that response. I want the positive reinforcement. I want the negative reinforcement because I want honesty. And I bring absolute honesty to all of my relationships. And, you know, it gets, it gets me in trouble sometimes. Sometimes I ask too much. And sometimes my doms are disappointed in me. But from my perspective, I feel like often it's because maybe we haven't spent enough time together. They haven't created a foundation for what they expect from a submissive. So I'm still exploring. But I feel very safe and accepted in this role. And because I'm the submissive, I feel that other people feel safe with me. How can some people follow you on social media and such? Twitter is the number one place where you can see both lewds, but also nudes, pornographic clips. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mrs. Thickness. Uh, you'll find links to my OnlyFans, many vids, Fansly there as well. But you can also find me on OnlyFans at Mrs. Thickness or my VIP page on OnlyFans, Thick Filth Molly. That's T-H-I-C-C-C, Filth Molly. Thank you so much for having me today. It was so lovely to meet you on stage pre-orgasm. One of the best spontaneous connections I've found so far. Oh, Molly, I was so happy to bring you joy on stage in front of dozens of people. As many of our listeners know, <laughs> that's not really what I'm all about. But oh my gosh, it was an absolute pleasure to share a beautiful moment with you. Thank you, Christina Carter and Jean Bardot for making it happen as well. Also in that showroom, vendors. Showing their wares, showing off their photography, showing off their services. And we got to meet two amazing vendors at this particular show. First up, the proprietrix of Passional Boutique and Sexploratorium in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who shows her passion not only for what she does, but for people's well-being. And she's also blessed to find that she's able to share that passion at a time that's so difficult to do so. A lot of vendors here at FetishCon 2022, and Callie is one of them. And I met you because we both have a love for cat suits, and you were wearing the most amazing black one all around. But it had a different reason. Explain why you were wearing a cat suit as opposed to showing off like many of the models here. Well, I mean, I, first of all, I just love cat suits because they're very simple, like second skin that you can slide. You know, it turns everybody into a superhero, essentially. You know, you wear your everyday clothes, you're in a cat suit, and you uh, because it changes your shape and your shift into, in my case, into a kind of more um, generic, theatrical, stage lighting mm -hmm. <laughs> technician type thing so that I can ninja in and out of different outfits in my booth and just wear them over top and, you know, let people see what it looks like. Uh, on a body so i call that specific cat suit my mannequin suit mm -hmm. because i am constantly 
you know, putting on different things just so people could see, or just showing people how to lace a corset, showing mm -hmm. people how to get into latex, that sort of thing as part of what we do at Passional Boutique and Sexploratorium, whether we're in the store or online answering questions for people or, uh, you know, just at a pop-up shop like we are here at FetishCon. Mm -hmm. So I actually have a fun story back, oh gosh, it's been about 25 years ago. I would go to Dream Dresser in Los Angeles when I would travel there. And, uh, and Dream Dresser actually started in Philadelphia, which is where we're from. Interesting. So. <laughs> and so when uh, I would go, I'd actually have a cat suit on and I would go in there and I said, I'd like to try on some things because they had things that I never imagined. And they were like, you're very well prepared. So you, your outfit reminded me of that. And now with monkeypox being, you know, the plague of the week that everyone's concerned mm -hmm. about, we're, our, our dressing rooms in our store are closed and we're asking people to wear tights or cat suits mm -hmm. or something so that we can uh, put the clothes on without making skin-to-skin -skin contact until everybody gets a chance to, mm -hmm. you know, re-manufacture the smallpox vaccine or whatever <laughs> we need to do to make sure that we're not making each other sick. So. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely serves that purpose, too. Um, and, you know, I'm thankful. I, I, I'm thankful for cat suits for a variety of reasons. Um, and I like them regardless of fabric. I mean, spandex is accessible and is stretchy and it's very easy to fit. So that's what I kind of default to. But I love leather cat suits and latex cat suits and velvet. I have many cat suits in mm -hmm. lots of different fabrics, actually, in my personal collection. So one of the things you offer is something called Daytex, which I had never heard of until I came here. Explain what it is, because I find it fascinating. Daytex is a spandex-lined uh, latex fabric. And it's manufactured in Europe. And the designs we're selling are made in Europe. And it is really nice because you can just kind of wear it out um, without shining it and it kind of looks like leather, but then you can put latex polish on it and then all of a sudden it's like this crazy wild shiny rubber. Um, I really love that high gloss too um, for a mood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's virtually impossible to puncture, which I love latex, although I'm becoming allergic to it. So mm -hmm. Daytex is not as much of it against my skin, so mm -hmm. I can wear it more often. But also, like, you know, I would go out in latex and be terrified of, like, where I'm sitting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, very conscious of every single move uh, if I would wear it out of, you know, a con hotel or out of the house. Um, I don't have to worry about that with Daytex, so it really removes a lot of stress um, in that regard. And coming from the northeast it gets cold in the winter time mm -hmm. and it has it is much more insulated than latex mm -hmm. so latex you're, you're sweating underneath of it the whole time and it feels like you just jumped out of a swimming pool so if cool air hits you you get goosebumps and that's part of the reason why it's magical and people love it including myself that's why i love it um but also you know overexposure to latex causes eventually an allergic reaction mm -hmm. and i've been selling latex for 26 years <laughs> 27 mm -hmm. years now so I, uh, you know, I'm developing that contact allergy to some degree with it. Um, so we have alternatives for that too. We do have latex that is, you know, made of latex sheeting and has all the magical elements of like second skin mm -hmm. that has had the protein removed. You know, in our store in Philadelphia, we sell fantasy fashions for all bodies and all genders and guaranteed quality sex toys and kink gear. Mm -hmm. And that is really an important part of our mission is to be very conscious of differing abilities, be very conscious of people's health, being very conscious of you know our impact as kinksters on the environment. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're constantly trying to like come up with ways to like reconcile some of these fetishes. Like you know you have a fetish to be 
mummified in saran wrap, but that's really bad for the environment. What can be done to minimize that? So we try to have, you know, reusable wraps. Um, and so we're constantly, like in our store meetings, these are all kind of topics that comes up, like how do we handle, like we don't sell any insertable sex toys that are not made of hypoallergenic platinum grade silicone. So that's, you know, our sex exploratorium collection focuses a lot on like sexual health and wellness mm -hmm. as well as, you know, fantasy and relationship building and that sort of thing. So, you know, we do a lot of education as an education store. We do classes. They've grown exponentially since the pandemic because we now offer them online as well as in store um, or in person. And, you know, as we're like creating programming and answering customer questions and trying to really refine what it is we're doing so that we're offering the best possible quality at the best possible price. We even have a pay it forward program so people who need stuff who can't get it can like get prepaid merchandise and mm. not even have to pay. So like we're like in a different category than most mm -hmm. retail stores. Uh, we really try to be very community based in what we do um, and very conscious of like including everybody in the community, making sure that people of different genders are included in what we do, making sure people of different abilities and different ages is a big mm -hmm. one too. You know, like none of us are getting any younger. I've been in business almost 30 years. So we want to make sure that, you know, people coming up, trying to get information. And, you know, now that the Internet exists, it's a little bit easier for people to get information. They might get too much information. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we serve as a filter to sort of funnel that information and provide, like, reliable resources. Um, but then, you know, with the older generations, just making sure that, like, you know, we're conscious of their needs and it's hard you know we're in an old city we're in a 300 year old city yeah. in a four-story building that's a row home in the south side what was once the southern border of philadelphia <laughs> and you know our classrooms on the third floor so we have mm -hmm. our, we have make arrangements if somebody can't get to the third mm -hmm. to the third floor classroom we'll rent a space somewhere else now with zoom and internet-based classes it's much more accessible we used to hire a sign language interpreter if somebody needed wow. interpretation now they can close caption tune in right from their mm -hmm. home so you know it's been a a wild ride these last three years especially but you know i think that you know innovation necessity is a mother of innovation right mm -hmm. and with the you know, worldwide pandemic and the differing needs of people to communicate in a very fast-paced, tech-savvy world, we're creating a better space by improvising and finding new ways to do things. So it's exciting, um, if challenging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not boring ever. Our show is so much about people and why people are the way they are, why they do what they do. What is it that drove you to want to make this a part of your life? I think when I was first becoming involved in the King community, things, and even just when I was first becoming involved in the LGBT community too, like in the 80s, you know, there's a lot going on, there's AIDS crisis, there's sodomy laws, there's all kinds of things that like happened right around the time I was coming of age. I think it impacted that. So I think activism um, and my history doing activism was part of it initially. Um, our first ever police handcuff order was ordered for a protest. <laughs> they weren't very good handcuffs, but they wanted to, you know, these activists wanted to do a lockdown at an AIDS mm -hmm. protest. So we, you know, provided them with the handcuffs. Um, so I think that's part of it. But also, I just think that there was a lot of exclusion. And, and, and historically, I think that was necessary for kinksters and for queer people to be very, very cautious because you're doing something that theoretically is illegal. So, you know, everything had kind of like a fraternal sort of fraternity sort of feel. You had to like pledge. You had to know someone. You had to, 
start as a bottom and work your way to the top kind of thing. And I've always kind of been allergic to those structures. I was raised in a very strict <laughs> household and I'm just allergic to, you know, enforced hierarchy like that, except for when I'm playing, you know, and in, in real life, I consider myself to be a pretty altruistic person. I want to collaborate with people. I don't want to boss people around. I want everyone to get along. But when I'm in playtime, I definitely don't want anybody to give me any shit. My word is the law. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you want to give me back talk, I've got a gag with your name on it. Ah. Right? So, you know, I think that and a lot of kinksters I've, I've noticed are that way. You know, a lot of people are really playing with their shadows. They're, like, exploring a part of their personality that's not really part of their day-to-day -day personality. There's a lot of power bottoms who have a lot of power in real life. And they've got a lot of responsibility. And it's stressful. Now that I own a business, I see, you know, I see like, okay, I, 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 now I see you and I feel you in a way that I couldn't before. Um, but I really wanted to have the opposite, like even leather stores at the time, you know, they would just be like, oh, who are you wearing a t-shirt coming into my store? You know, I come from a missionary background, so I'm just like, look, this stuff is great. You really need to try it. I don't care who you are, Susie Q homemaker or, you know, janitor from the office building next door. I've got something that you should know exists. And now that you know it exists, maybe you'll want to like try it. And even if you don't want to try it, you're going to meet somebody else who wants to try it. And I, I think that that really does change lives. And you know, I'm not a religious person at all anymore. I'm kind of an agnostic-ish atheist person. But, you know, just sharing your lived experiences with somebody is such a powerful thing. And so that's kind of where it started for me, you know, in the business uh, when I, opened the retail store, some pro-doms were getting arrested. So mm -hmm. me as a business owner could, had the privilege and the ability to like go on television and read TV anchors the riot act because they were just like, oh my God, butt plugs and blah, blah, blah. And what is going on here? And I couldn't say it as a pro-dom, but I could say it as a business owner that, hey, where is the victim in this crime and why are we criminalizing this? And so, you know, I, I got to be able to tell my story at the beginning a lot like on television now the internet everyone's telling their story and that's great because you can read things about things from a much more diverse perspective as opposed to like tv that's completely controlled by whoever's editing the media you know but uh you know it, it, it gave me a chance to really talk about some things i'm really passionate about <laughs> Thank you. Well, and i'm glad you got a chance to talk th about things that you're passionate about with us tell us how we can connect with the store um, so you can visit us 24 hours a day at www.passionalboutique.com. If you're ever in the Philadelphia area, I do encourage you to visit our store. We've got an amazing team of people running the retail space six days a week um, right now from 12 to 8 every day except Tuesday. And it's very unusual. So I feel, I feel like our store is a very special place. And if you ever are visiting, you know, Philadelphia for any reason, family, tourism, whatever, we're very close to the Liberty Bell. We're about six, clocks, six blocks from the Liberty Bell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're going there, definitely come check out the store. Um, if you're on our website and you have questions, we have a chat on our website. I'm usually the person answering that chat. So like, if you've got a question about a product or you can't find something, we can send you links to it. Um, and then we do do a fair bit of traveling because, you know, we're very committed to fantasy fashions for all bodies and all genders. Mm -hmm. We sell double or extra small to 10x in some things, you know, when they're available. Um, we even uh, produce our own line of leather and uh, kilts and such. Um, and, you know, we are committed to bringing things to people so they can see what we have in a tactile way. Even our store, we have testers of everything. It's like the lush of mm -hmm. retail stores. Um, <laughs> 
And up until monkeypox, we definitely encourage people to try things on. Now that we've closed the dressing rooms, we encourage people to try things on over their clothing mm -hmm. or over their cat suits if they've got a secret collection like <laughs> you and me got. <laughs> I first saw her when she was wearing cat suits all around the floor. And of course, if somebody's wearing a cat suit, of course they're going to get my attention. Getting my attention in a totally different way were an older couple, let's say, and I think they would be fine with me saying that. Gary and Diana are a couple that have fallen in love thanks to kink and the exploration of the things that we love. And that passion brought them to invent something that can create a dungeon for you anywhere you want to be. If you can take a golf bag into a place, you can take a dungeon into a place. Gary and Diana from Dungeon in a Bag on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. If you've ever wondered what it might be like to have your own dungeon that you could take with you anywhere, two people have been thinking exactly the same way you have. They're Diana and Gary from Dungeon in a Bag. Tell me where this idea came from. Well, we needed something to travel with, and we weren't living together at the time, so we'd meet in hotels and travel across the different cities, and I wanted to have a cross, so I designed it and built it, and, and then uh, I says, you know what, I can turn it into a table. And so I did. And then I was folding it up one day, and I go, look at that, it's a spanking bench. And then I had to do a little reverse engineering to get it to fit into a golf bag, but now it does. <laughs> so, lots of fun. Diana, you and I have talked earlier in the conference and talked about the fact that for you, this has been a personal journey from getting to meet somebody to finding out just how amazing it is to live your authentic life. Talk to me a little bit about what this journey has meant to you. You know, um, for most of our lives, people that are our age, because we're a little little older, um, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have those things. So you grow up thinking that you are really alone and maybe your feelings are a little bit wrong. You're, you're wired incorrectly in some way. And so when you meet that person and you, you start to discover that, one, you're not alone, and two, this is a connection that I don't have I've never had with anyone else because they get to see Gary gets to see me in a way that no one else does the connection that you have through this kind of relationship I believe is stronger and I don't have to hide anything he sees it he sees it all so even when I'm being snarky or even when I'm being <laughs> he sees my my whole self and I love that part so that's what this journey has meant to us. And that's why when somebody says, you know, you should share these, you should take them out and share them. I know that they make a difference because I live that. I realize it's a business, but it's also a passion because you are sharing your talent with the hundreds of people that walk through here every day. And even though there may not be a sale, you've brought something to their imagination to mm -hmm. the point where there will be one. Yes, definitely. They, it, it, you know, they get excited just seeing it, and you can look online, and, and you just don't have that 
you can't touch it and you mm-hmm. can't you can't see it how it is it's so much more impressive in person so when they come through here and they finally do see it they're they're very excited about it i mean they may not be able to afford it right now but that's fine they'll think about it and they'll tell their friends and you know eventually or you know sometime in the next couple of weeks we might get an order mm-hmm. from somebody so you know gary um never gives himself enough credit and that is and that that has become increasingly clear the more i work in the shop so i see the patterns he has for the wood but i also see all of the he said there was a lot of firewood and now i have a new appreciation because these angles have to be exactly right for it to do all the things we want it to do every it's like this is 15 degrees this is 25 degrees this is a 90 degree angle this is you know something else and it's like how he how he was able to structure that and make that work i am more impressed with him every time we put a new one together it's it's amazing i like taking pictures and 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 being able to tell people they are handcrafted and i can say that because they are handcrafted Mm. (laughs) they are amazing and it's all him so he is the genius behind the engineering and the construction, the craftsmanship. I, of course, was the inspiration. <laughs> Everybody has to have their muse. <laughs> and what a wonderful muse you have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me where the journey goes from here. Do you all hit the road a lot? You travel together. You get to meet amazing people. How much are you on the road each year now that we can get back on the road? <laughs> You know, um, we're not on the road all that much. Mm-hmm. We do less than a half a dozen shows a, a mm-hmm. year. Um, mostly we're grandparents, and so we get to go where they are. Um, this is what I this is what I want for for my children and my grandchildren is I want I don't want them to grow up thinking that they are the only one on the planet or that their hardwiring is somehow backwards or wrong. Whoever they are. I want them to be that with joy. That's where I want my journey to take me as we go forward. It's like I feel really lucky. I want them to know that. Earlier in life than what we did. Yeah, earlier. I wanted to ask you about that. Knowing now, what kind of advice would you have given to your younger self, knowing the knowledge you have now? Just go for it. You know, get out there. And you know, when I was young, they didn't have the internet. They didn't. You know, you had to go to the bookstore and buy a magazine, and and you know, they had ads in the back of the magazine. But I was too shy to do anything like that. But once we got out, and you know, everybody's on the internet, and everybody's at these parties. It's like it's so freeing to be able to be yourself and just do whatever you want to do and find somebody that's in the same mind as you and so you know we we enjoy each other so much that i don't think it would it would not be as good with anybody else it definitely would not be as good as anybody else and we play with different people and they're we're not really connected to them emotionally it's not the same so you know if you find somebody that you love and you and you can enjoy this together that's the best thing so John, you were you were talking about having an experience just this weekend, mm-hmm. and the thing that struck me in the in the story was, it was with friends. That 
that part. It's because being open in front of people that care about you, that's the, that's the freedom that we all want. And you get to be that. And, and we get to be that. I want to make sure. I know, I know that my daughter has a healthy attitude. Um, and, and I'm confident that my grandchildren will too. I just want to be able to make sure that we're watching carefully, that they don't feel like they're isolated or alone, because they don't have to be. And then we can live in a world where normal doesn't have a definition, normal just is. Exactly. Exactly. I appreciate... You, you have been amazing. Oh. <laughs> Truly. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure having you all on. How do people get in contact with you? Uh, to look more into Dungeon in a Bag. Dungeoninabag.com. That's also, pretty simple. We're also on Facebook and on Instagram. So follow us. Um, do all those things. If you have a question, we'll answer. I promise. Gary and Diana, an amazing couple, and they are such an inspiration for me. I am blessed to know the both of them. Also in the vendors area, podcasters, including Anna and Gregor from the Spank You Next podcast, which is presented by Fetish.com. I hope Nookie isn't too upset at me for talking with competitors, but when it comes to passionate podcasters who provide a positive spin on BDSM and Fetish, I'm all in. And Anna and Gregor do that but while they're in the United States, I wanted a chance to bring them to mind. Anna and Gregor from Spank You Next on what women and other wonderful humans want. So our podcast is Spank You Next. It's a fetish and BDSM podcast where we interview all sorts of people from the fetish and BDSM scene. And this is our first event in the US, so we really wanted to check it out. So where are you all from? So I'm from the UK, Gregor is from Austria. We have two people here from Spain and one from France. So we're a very international bunch, but we all live in Barcelona in our, where our office is, right on the beach. So we've traveled, well, well, how long did it take? 18 hours? It took a long time, two different flights. It was such a chaos. So we were kind of so glad when we finally got here. We have come the furthest of anyone we've spoken to at the fair. So I think we should get an award for that tonight. I think that would be a lovely thing. What brought you to do the podcast? Obviously, you have a love for the community, but what was it that brought you to say, we want to share that love with others? So I'm really into podcasts, so is Gregor. And I thought it's like a perfect medium in for Fetish and BDSM because obviously when it comes to the visuals, it's quite hard to tell stories online, especially on the traditional media channels like Instagram, Google, Facebook. So we thought in audio form, you can talk about whatever you want and you can share stories in a really like powerful and impactful way. And I think podcasting really creates a community of listeners around you in a way that other mediums don't. And with your podcast, you get to share your passion and also meet other people that have the passion as well. How cool is it when you know you're not alone? Oh, that's amazing. Honestly, what we find in all the interviews we do, that um, how strong the community is and how, how good it feels when you find your passion, when you kind of can live your authentic selves. And this is something, it's like a red thread we see through all our interviews. 
is there a different mindset over there than there is over here in the States? Because there's still a lot of backlash and a lot of people who don't understand and especially conservatives who think everything is wrong. Is it different over in Europe? Can you be freer? I would say yes, actually. I think uh, the thing I found is Americans here are a lot more open and friendly and willing to talk about it. Uh, but I imagine maybe it's harder to go out in the vanilla world here, uh, especially in Germany. It's kind of ingrained in German society that BDSM is a big part of life. And I think maybe in the UK it's a bit more similar to the US. It's quite hard to be out and kinky, but I really think since Fifty Shades of Grey, it kind of changed everything and people are talking about it more openly. What we also see kind of, especially in the north of Europe, people are really kinky. You know, you have northern Germany, Berlin, you have the UK, people are really into BDSM there. We live in Spain. People are not so kinky in Spain, but they're really sex positive. You know, people are outside all the day, all the day. they're really open about their body, they're really open about their sexual relationships. So I think kind of just the way how people talk about sex and their own sexuality is different and more open. What I would find most fascinating is with people having so many different backgrounds and nationalities, I would expect from nation to nation, the way people enjoy their kink is a lot different too. Absolutely. I think we obviously you have analytics as well. So we can actually see which people are like from which country clicking on different fetishes on our website. And for example, uh, you can see in like the Middle East, like a gay uh, fetish is really popular. And I think it's because you have to go to the online sources uh, because it's not so free to actually experience gay culture in those kind of countries. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Like here, we're seeing that trampling is a really big thing which we thought was quite niche but here we've seen a lot of it so I think it changes even like here state to state I imagine absolutely your love for what you do where did it come from I think oh it was all by accident really you know um, I think Anna and I were always kind of more kink curious and then we found this job at fetish.com where we really got into contact with the kinky community, got to know a lot of people, heard so many stories. That's why we also we did the podcast because we wanted to tell these stories. And of course once you're in so deep, you also get to try new things and, and also because of the people you meet, you get this whole new worldview of kink, fetish and BDSM. So you're here with fetish.com. Tell me a little bit about that service because even though we are presented by Dating Kinky, which is an American version of things, and that's our title sponsor, you all are a worldwide organization as well. Tell me a little bit about your organization. Uh, absolutely. So we are an online kinky community. We sort of think of it as a social network for kinksters and the kink curious. A dirty Facebook, as you will. So you can do kind of everything that you can't do on traditional social network on ours. You can date, you can share videos, photos, live stream. There's a forum, there's a magazine. And we actually have a BDSM training school where you can do all sorts of online courses in the kinks that you like. So it's a real, like universe on there it's actually so big that i don't even know my way around it fully but uh yeah so it's more like a social network i would say with a very strong dating element i like the social network aspect and uh, about the podcast where can we find it and what do you have coming up that you're excited about 
So it's uh, Spank Your Next podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on Instagram at Spank Your Next Podcast. And the next episode that is coming out is about a kinky BDSM reverend. She preaches God's work, uh, word to the kinky community and is really all about inclusiveness because she has been banned from the church herself. Those are the kind of stories I love. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much to you. And right after they recorded my podcast, I recorded for theirs. So you'll hear me in an upcoming edition of Spank You Next from Anna and Gregor, available wherever you find your podcasts. You all know I love my cat suits, and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing winter fetish. I've had some of them for 10 years and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the House of Gord and it's always sunny in Philadelphia and now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code www.spandexcat, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish. The most unexpected thing happened in my room on Saturday night. Now, if you're picturing a small hotel room, don't. Because I got to be, thanks to Sam Houston Binder of the Ultra Girl Multiverse, I got to be a part of an amazing suite where we shot a lot of footage for the Ultra Girl series. And I was able to help him set up a full television studio in this amazing suite. But on Saturday, that suite sat empty, save for me taking one of the bedrooms. And when Shinybound told me that he was having a get-together for a few of his friends, I said, well, any chance I can join? And he said, well, yes. I said, well, how big is your room? He goes, well, it's an okay size. I said, what if you brought your rig up to my room? And he goes, well, it's not my rig. It belongs to Naughty Guy 1000. And sure, we can do that. So they brought the rig up to my room. And I said, Shiny, there's only one bit of rent involved in this. You'll have to tie me up and make me watch everything. <laughs> well, as it turns out, the surprise was on me. Because I was indeed tied up. I was about to watch everything, but suddenly a bunny, a cat, and Paula Diamonds decided I needed to experience something for myself. And what transpired was unlike anything I could have imagined. And part of that scene was Crystal Davis, an amazing performer from Las Vegas. Crystal Davis is my guest now on What Women and other wonderful humans want. 
We met in kind of an unusual way, didn't we? <laughs> we sure did, definitely. Well, I entered the room of the unknown for sure. Um, all I saw was a, a setup and not quite sure what's going to happen. Lots of ropes and lots of little bags that I didn't even know what's inside of it. Uh, but at the end of the night, I call it an arsenal and everybody's ready for the end of the world. <laughs> the beauty of FetishCon is making connections. And you make them in all sorts of different ways. Definitely. Tell me about a connection you made here that literally helped your heart go, wow, I'm in the right place. Um, I, one of the biggest things is everybody's just truly, truly, genuinely nice and open and very accepting of everyone. Um, Last night's experience was, I can't even describe it. It's just phenomenal and um, my heart is full, I would say, because you don't normally see and be around people that are just plainly having fun. Um, I think with our world now, we forget to do things like that that makes us happy, that makes us full in life. And uh, like I said, my heart is just full. It, we. I don't know anyone except for one person in that room, but it felt like I knew everybody to the core. And that's just a great feeling, I'd say. Um, people from different places, from one common thing is we like to have fun. The kink and the fetish that we enjoy, I think is the best way to get to know everyone. So I'm sitting there. A little bit indisposed. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Just a little. Just a little. Uh, Shiny was nice enough to have captured me in a wonderful way. Said, uh, I told him, if you're going to come up to my room and tie, the only rent I'll ask for is tie me to a chair and make me watch everything. Uh -huh. I didn't get a chance to watch much, did I? I think everyone was watching you. I think it's, it was the other way around. Even though your purpose or your goal was to be to watch, mm -hmm. you were the one being watched, which was wonderful. It's such a reverse role for me because I'm normally being watched, but I was watching and but I couldn't help it but participate. Mm -hmm. So it was so inviting. Can you tell me, because I'm trying to process the whole thing, because it was so much fun, what was the energy that made you want to come over and participate? Because we had, we had only met in passing or waved at each other. What was it? Well, because you can't really do anything about it, <laughs> for one. But I did ask for consent. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact of you know, just you not having control of anything being done to you. I like that feeling for myself, but I also like that feeling for someone else when I do things to them. So, um, you being tied up, you being not being, being able to do anything of what's being done to you was just inviting for me. So. Crystal, what is it about this wonderful world that we live in, in the kink world? that drew you to it? It's, I can be whoever I want and do whatever I want. And that's just plainly that. Has your life always been like that? Or is this allowing you to live an authentic life that you never had? I've always been such a late bloomer. 
but there's always this thing inside of me that always wanted to come out but never got to. So as soon as I realized that and I just let it happen, it felt so much better. So we are of the same decade, yes. although nearly a decade <laughs> apart. Do you ever feel like we missed out on a lot not knowing so early and now all these young people have a world where the world is in front of them? That's for sure. However, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this for as long as I can, as long as I want, and hopefully that's a long time. Do you have any certain ways you like people following you, or do you just love living your kinky life on your own? Um, I am both. Sometimes I like to be in private, but um, I am in the public eye. I, I am in the adult industry, so I'm a, on Twitter. It's me, Crystal D. I appreciate Crystal's participation, and that cat suit was oh so amazing. None of that would have happened if it weren't for my next guest. Lumen and I met each other when I walked into FetishCon 2022 on the very first day. She had a rope harness around her chest and a very striking look. I knew something was special and different about her, but I had no idea how amazing a story it was. Lumen and I became friends, especially after doing this particular interview. She was hesitant to do it at first, but I'm so glad she shared her story with us. Here's Lumen on what women and other wonderful humans want. You love the art of self-bondage. Uh, I do. Um, I love bondage in general, um, anything strict. Um, but primarily, you know, rope. Um, Self-bondage is something I, you know, um, I was a bondage model. I was demoing all the time, and I thought it would be good to learn to help keep myself safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just progressed from there. So how long have you been modeling? Oh, God. Um... I would say serious modeling for about five, six years. Um, And when I say serious, um, I I mean more than um, two, three times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I love to talk about on this particular podcast is what makes people who they are. So what was it as you have grown through life that has brought you to be the person that has become Lumen? Oh, God. Um, My therapist would love to know that. Um, I I really... um, So I'm transgender, transgender Mm -hmm. female. Um, That's a big... You know, I mean, it's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I don't know. Bondage has you know, always fascinated me. Uh, I remember watching, you know, cartoons as a child and always being, you know, really into the girls being tied up and Mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, later on comic books and stuff. Um, So, yeah, I, I guess in my teens is when I started, you know, 
playing around with rope mm-hmm. and, and self-tying and, and hoping no one walked into my room. And <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, um, you know, it just all kind of grew from that. And, um, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about your journey as a transgender woman? You present this lovely energy and lovely visage when you walk in and your energy radiates. But in order for you to do that, you had to be your authentic self. How difficult was that? Um, (laughs) That was a huge struggle um, throughout my life. I, I, when I was 16, I tried to commit suicide, Mm -hmm. um, I, my father was very homophobic, very, um, (laughs) he used to beat the crap out of me because he thought I was gay, um, my stepfather was not he wasn't physical, but he was verbally abusive. Um, you know, I, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know, there, you know, there, the word transgender was alien to me. And um, I just, I knew from a very early age that I was a girl. And, um, you know, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was not easy. Um, I was, you know, and, and add to that the whole BDSM mm-hmm. factor, and I thought I was just fucked up. Mm. Um, I don't know if I can say that on here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I was just screwed up in the head, and I was constantly at war with myself mm-hmm. of trying to, you know, play this part that everyone expected from me. And you know, every once in a while the real me would try to come out and I'd let it and I'd, you know, dress them and, you know, I always like in school, I was very gothic it allowed me to put on makeup it allowed me to wear dresses and corsets and you know, be as freaky as I wanted to be and you know, gave me an excuse and of course I got shit for it, but I, you know I, I didn't have to say anything but yeah, I mean um, I, I've been hit, you know, because people thought I was gay or people thought, you know, um, I, I was beat up, um, a group of people jumped me, um, a long time ago when I was in high school and, um, so yeah, sorry, I'm not trying to make this into a sob story, but it hasn't been easy, um. But yeah, I, I came out um, probably, I think it's been six years now, seven. Mm-hmm. And it changed everything for me. Um, no, I, my, I, you know, I was married, I am married, and my spouse, like, even has said, you are a totally different person. You are. I was miserable. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely, and they had no idea what was wrong. Um, and 
when I came out, all that changed. I'm, I'm free to be me, and just it's made the world of difference for me. It's been two weeks for me since I came out as gender fluid on my podcast. And I am 59. I have known that I never felt like a male in my adult life, but I spent my entire teens and 20s trying to be normal. So I don't have half the journey that you do, but I can appreciate every single thing that you just said to me because there are those doubts. There are those times that try you. There are those times when people don't understand. And when we chase this idea called normal, and the one thing that I have understood in this show is there is no normal. It's our authenticity and who we are ourselves. So when you were finally able, can you give me that first time when you were able to look at a picture or look in a mirror and go, I think I'm finally where I wanted to be? Oh, um, so, um, soon after I came out, um, I started, uh, I don't know if I can plug a place. <laughs> I started going to the woodshed over in Orlando mm-hmm. and I met a pretty well-known photographer. I was shooting a different shoot at the time, um, just for fun, shits and giggles. And he saw me there and came up to me afterwards and said he'd, you know, like to shoot with me if I'd be interested. And, you know, I <laughs> I didn't know who he was, um, which is kind of ridiculous now because he's so well-known. Um, but I vetted him, and, <laughs> like, um, everyone's like, you should do it, you should do it. And I did. And when I saw the pictures, I cried. I cried. Um... They were so beautiful, and um, that really, yeah, that really changed, you know, it's still a constant journey for me. I still, you know, before that, I I was so used to being, I I do photography, and I was so used to being on the other side of the camera, and, um, but I love being, you know, on the opposite side now, having shot people my entire life. It's nice to have people want to shoot me, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm still like every every time I'm nervous. Every time I I look at pictures, I hate having my picture taken. I hate it with a passion, and um, I still don't see what people see in me. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's still a constant journey. There's times I look in the mirror and I hate what I see, and then there's other times where you know. I'm happy with where I'm at, and um, but I think everyone goes through that. In my classes that I teach, I teach one on authenticity and I teach one on kindness. And I talk so much about the mirror view versus the camera view. The mirror view is how you see yourself, 
but it's always the opposite of what actually is. The camera view is how everybody else sees you. But if you can understand why people see you the way they do in the camera view, the mirror view becomes a lot less important. As a photographer, you probably are able to see portions of that where you can see someone in a different way than they see Absolutely, themselves. absolutely. Um, it's different when you talk about yourself, though, always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, I get that all the time, I, you know, and I try to see it. Like, um, I have a hard time taking a compliment. Mm-hmm. I have a terrible time taking a compliment. And, um, but yeah, no, you make a good point. Um, it's so much easier to see the beauty in other people than it is yourself. And, um, I'm working on that. I, I'm, you know, I've been working on it. I, I will continue to work on that. And, um, yeah, right now I'm in a good spot. So. If people want to follow your work, how can they do that? Oh, um, most of my stuff is on FetLife, um, all for free, <laughs> um, under X Lumen X. Um, Instagram, Lumen Lepler. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitter, the same. It has been an absolute honor not only getting to speak to you, but just getting to see you around FETCON. As I said, the energy that you have and the beauty that radiates from inside is amazing. And when you participated in the Bondage Challenge, as a self-tie and your ties were more intricate than some of the people who are actually rigging not only did it raise my appreciation of who you are it made me understand that this is a person who is so proud to stand out there and say i am who i am enjoy me oh thank you i i don't even know what to say (laughs) um yeah i you know, I wanted to do it, and I didn't have a partner, and, um, yeah, I went for it, and I was nervous the entire time, um, but I thought I put a, a pretty good fight. Of all the things that happened at FetishCon 2022, making friends with Lumen might stand out as the most special. Lumen opened my eyes to so many different things and allowed me to see humans in a totally different way. My journey, as you heard a couple weeks ago, in coming out as gender fluid, is something that has been tumultuous, beautiful, and difficult. As you heard from Lumen, her story has been most difficult as well. We were able to share our stories together and gather commonality between two people who could not be more different and could not be more the same. Lumen, I thank you for your friendship and I look forward to being your friend for a long, long time. And I hope you've enjoyed this edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want presented by Dayton Kinky. 
from FetishCon 2022. I'm John, also known as Hi There Katsu. The program that was scheduled for today will actually appear on Friday as Saffir Masser and Lady Petra will be joining us to talk about their podcast, The Kinky Cocktail Hour, as well as The Slub, which is an amazing tool that helps bring pleasure to guys. They'll be with me to talk about that on Friday. And that will do it for this edition. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.